Dickerson and Hood, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. We're also on your smart speaker by asking to play ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We've talked a lot, Jonathan, about how the NBA is going to be back beginning July 31st. Major League Baseball still very far apart between the owners and the players. There's certainly been some movement with college sports as a lot of college football programs begin voluntary workouts Starting next week, it's always great to catch up with Rod Gilmore, our veteran ESPN college football analyst, joining us here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Rod, first of all, how are you and your family doing, my friend? We're doing well. Thanks for asking. You know, we've been cooped up. Uh, I think California had the the longest shelter in home or stay in home order in the country. So. Uh, we still have a lot of things uh, shut down, but uh, fortunately, no one here has picked up the coronavirus, and we're doing fine, and appreciate your asking. How about you guys? We're doing well, Rod. Um, you know, we know what's going on in our world, and I want to re- we want to reach out to you and ask the question about how different is this movement for George Floyd versus others. We see that there's protest not only in the United States, but across the country. Usually, some of these protests are regional or happens in the city in which an, uh, an occurrence takes place. But how different does this feel for you? Well, it's a great question. And, you know, I've talked about that with family members and friends a lot over the last few days. And it, it does feel different. Um, I mean, if you think back to uh, the riots of the 60s and 70s for police brutality and denial of, uh, of freedoms, um, and then fast forward to 1992, Two, I believe it was, the Rodney King uh, beating. And uh, after that, there were protests and riots. But all those things were, were different because I don't think the message and concern became widespread and universal. The message mm-hmm. was pretty limited to the black community. This time, I'm, I'm seeing and hearing much more diversity. And quite honestly, uh, you know, for me, for me personally, I'm hearing from uh, my white friends more so than ever before, not, you know, I mean, clearly way more than after the 92 Rodney King uh, 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 beating. So I, I think that's the difference. And the, if you look at the protests, you'll see many more uh, uh, diverse uh, uh, people there of all races and walks there, more younger people involved. So this is this feels different. It feels also different from you know the sports world. We we didn't have uh, 20 years ago or you know 30 years ago, whatever, that many um, athletes speaking up about this about this issue, being concerned about police brutality, being concerned about systemic racism. But it's across the board now. When you see NFL players step up in times when they never would before and wouldn't step up for Colin Kaepernick, and you see it out of the NBA, and we're seeing college players recognize their power uh, and stepping up and asking for change and demanding some change. You know, if you think about what's happened in some of the places um, we've seen lately, uh, such as Florida State uh, and even Missouri, where they had their own protest and the coaching staff participated, but uh, Missouri led that. Their players led their protests uh, and registered people to vote in Florida State. You saw what happened there. Uh, It just took one player to rally the other guys about what they perceived to be a slight by the coach and a potential boycott was on the horizon. We haven't seen that in college athletics, but there will be a day and it may be coming soon where players will band together and will, will boycott. But this, 
this feels dramatically different than the protests that we've had before in the past. Talk with Rod Gilmore, our great ESPN college football analyst on Dickerson and Hood, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. I don't mean to be blunt, Rod, but you, know, you mentioned, I mean, there have been a lot of diverse voices championing this cause, finally. I almost feel like if it doesn't change after this, I mean, it's never going to change. You know, I mean, finally you got everyone's attention. Now it's time to, to put these words into action. Well, I, I think that's right. I mean, if you think about, you know, history, the whole issue of, you know, the great scholars uh, would write about can America really succeed with this kind of a experiment with race and equality. And you'd have to say up until now, no, it, it hasn't succeeded with that experiment. Um, and if it doesn't, doesn't get it done coming out of this, I'm not sure it will. I mean, I'm optimistic this time because we have more diversity concerned about this. There was a time uh, just a couple of weeks ago uh, that if you complained uh, to your friends about, hey, this has been my experience, uh, I was stopped by the police, I was thrown up against the wall, I was, you know, all, all these things. Uh, the usual reaction was, eh, well, what did you do? You know, not, um, not I, that I believe you, uh, I've seen this, yeah, it happens to other people. And, and the black experience, the black male experience in particular, um, has been different. But seeing that people see these videos uh, and are, are made sick by it, they're horrified by it, uh, we're talking about instances, you know, the George Floyd video obviously was the most extreme we've seen with, with someone losing their life. Um, but we've seen on video minor incidents where the police are called in uh, and they escalate into someone being hurt or are killed or almost killed. So um, if it doesn't happen, things don't change out of this one. I, I, I don't know that this great American experiment of race and equality is ever going to get solved. Rod, uh, you've been in locker rooms in which there's so many different uh, players from across the country um, that are there in their locker room and you, you're you there mm -hmm. for one common cause. You're trying to win. Uh, and right. what you, but you also learn uh, backgrounds from other people. Now the Drew Brees story is big because Drew Brees and also as well as uh, Vic Fangio, the head coach for Denver has have made their comments. What do you think locker rooms will be like now in 2020 versus the ones that you were in as far as trying to learn from one another? Well, that's, that's a great question, and I, I don't know. We're in uncharted territory here. Um, you know, we, there was a time when you would not have a, uh, a team publicly divide itself like uh, happened with the New Orleans Saints when their leader, Drew Brees, was called out for his insensitive comment. Um, that wouldn't have happened 20 years ago or, or two years ago. Um, you think about Clemson and Trevor Lawrence speaking up to stand with uh, his black teammates over uh, the Smith treatment and the like. Uh, these locker rooms have the potential to be better than ever, more understanding, but there could be somewhat of a powder keg for those who are keeping their thoughts to themselves and may finally explode later or be upset later. Um, but if you have more discussion, uh, it should help, I would think. If you think about what's going on at, at Missouri, um, they made a decision that as a team they would they would talk about these things, and then once they decided what they were going to do, they would all get in it together. So hopefully that's the way it turns out, but 
we're in uncharted territories where players are realizing that this is an issue that can be discussed and should be discussed uh, by teams. And it used to be that coaches would say, hey, it's just about winning. Let's leave everything else outside. I, I think that day is gone. I, I think that day is, is long gone. And I think you have too many people in locker rooms who care about this issue, uh, white and black. And I think it's going to be something that will be addressed. So hopefully locker rooms will be, be even better, but I, I don't know. Rod Gilmore's with us on Dickerson and Hood. It's ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I'm sure you've noticed what's happening at Iowa, Rod, with a lot of players speaking out in the last couple of days about the coaching staff, the strength and conditioning coach. Um, do, do you think that, that even the college players will feel more empowered going forward to raise the alarm if they see something that they don't feel is right? Well, I think we saw that based on what happened in Florida State. Now, the, the difference with Iowa is that you have former players who are in the NFL who are speaking up about their experience at Iowa. So it's a lot easier when you've moved through the program and you're gone to look back and, and to raise these complaints. When you are a player on the team and that head coach kind of tr- controls your life, you're less likely to raise those things unless – you know, you, you bind together with a bunch of other teammates and you raise it. And, and Missouri's done that before. So I, I, I think, I think we're, we're having a new day. I think players are finding their power. Um, I think the Iowa situation should be a real, real signal to not just Iowa, but other programs that you really need to look hard at what you're doing and how you're treating their players. And let's not, let's not pass over you know, the, the other big elephant, elephant in the room. It's not just, you know, hey, this is how guys should treat it. It is this explosion of money uh, into college athletics generated by football and basketball and generated predominantly by black and brown players uh, from the Power Five schools and in, in basketball. They generate most of that money that comes in. And most of the money that comes in uh, doesn't find its way back to people of color or to black communities. So I think you're seeing this issue where uh, players want their share, you know, name, image, and likeness lawsuit is not quite over, but it should be over soon, but uh, that may give players some, some more rights and some more money. Uh, I think it's just gotten to the point where these things come up. Uh, they, they are clearly, clearly on the minds of players, racism and the inequitable division of the money generated in college football. Rod, um, we're starting to see some of the states in the South open up throughout this COVID-19 where there's going to be some cities that are opening up and there's some um, athletic directors are looking forward to our college football. I'm a huge college football fan. I'm looking forward to it as well as long as the players are healthy uh, and it's safe. Do you foresee, by the way, a, a separation of Power 5 in the NCAA in the near future? Because Power 5 has their own ideas. The NCAA has their own ideas. Were you surprised by the opening up in the South? No, I, I was not. <laughs> no, I, I think all of us from the start would say that for college football, if it comes back, it's going to come back first in the South and in Texas. And that's just because of the way they view and how much they care about football. That, that, was, that would be what I would think. Um, what's going to happen in the future? Would you have Power 5 teams moving away from the NCAA? I, I think there is a distinct possibility that the Power 5 teams would, elim- would remove themselves and relieve themselves of the burden of the NCAA. 
Um, there are things that they probably like about the NCAA. I mean, some of the administrative I- ideas and the like. But the problem is that the NCAA is imposing rules on the Power Five, and they're playing an entirely different game than the, the lower divisions. And so when you have rules uh, that apply to, you know, Texas A&M and to Alabama who generate, you know, $200 million a year in revenue, uh, and you, you, you apply the same rules for Division two schools or for a Division one school that, you know, has a budget of just a couple million bucks, that, that doesn't work for the Power Five folks. Uh, and we saw that when they first went to the cost of attendance um, increase for players, that a lot of schools were against it. Uh, the Power Five wanted it. Uh, you're going to see the same thing with name, image, and likeness. It will probably um, get pushed more and more and broader by the Power Five, and they may not want to be governed by the NCAA when it comes to those kinds of rules. So I think the NCAA has a role to play with the lower divisions and with putting on some championships, but they already have nothing to do with the college football playoffs. They have nothing to do with scheduling. So it's really just their oversight of rules that really apply, and I think that you're going to see at some point um, the Power Five move away. They were not too happy about the way the NCAA canceled March Madness without uh, consulting with them as well. I mean, do you expect them to stay with them long-term? I would say the based on the landscape right now, I'd say no. Yeah. I'd say no. Yeah. I think that's a fair take. Rod, we, we truly appreciate your wisdom and your insight. Thank you so much for making us a little part of your afternoon here on this Saturday and have a great rest of your weekend. Okay. Hey, thanks for having me on and, uh, you know, be safe on, on all fronts going forward.